Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Recording during daylight hours. Oh, it's not dark outside. It's weird, isn't it? It's not just because it's getting lighter. We are recording slightly earlier, but mm. I just think it's going to give it a different vibe. Do you think so? Yeah, I was watching. Um, it would be no surprise. I was watching Get Back or rewatching Get Back, I should say. And there's this one particular day where they're working on a Saturday, and I thought it just feels like a Saturday. Really? And I wonder if the podcast will feel like we're doing it in daylight rather than under cover of darkness, like we usually do. <laughs> Maybe it will be uh, more daytime TV rather than late night TV. <laughs> you need to pause it quickly and send your children out of the room with the, the risque bits. It won't be like your um, your broadcast on friendly TV. Oh, please. Let's not think about that ever week. again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, so here we are. Um, I think when we first started the podcast, didn't we? tend to record in the afternoon we did I used to come around during the day yeah ah, mm. i wonder if that i wonder if the I wonder if the vibe has changed the energy yeah mm. um a couple of things to get us started okay first thing jean had a friend over for a play date yesterday mm-hmm. so to minimize the amount of mess in the house we took them to an ice cream parlor okay good idea and um I took what I thought was a cute photo of his friend to send to his parents mm-hmm. of him in the ice having having his ice cream. Mm. The reply that came back was, "Oh wow, two scoops and a topping." No, what do you think? There was judgment there. Yes, I do. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. Because well, they might as well have written, "You're spoiling his dinner." <laughs> we we don't like it. Have that much sugar. <laughs> Wow, they don't normally have that much. So what I did was said, oh, yeah, I just took the picture. It was Sarah who went and ordered the ice cream. <laughs> Throw her under the exactly, bus. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then uh, t- today, Sarah and I have been on a little day date. Oh, nice. We went to the cinema to see Licorice Pizza. Oh, and you like it? Loved it. Good to hear. Okay. I really loved it. Um for some reason, do you know when you take against someone and you're not, you, you, it's, it's been going on so long you can't remember why? Mm. That's how I feel about the, di- or how I felt about the director of this film, Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm. 
I've had it in my head. Oh no, I don't, don't like that guy. I, I couldn't pick him out of a, a, a crowd. I couldn't pick him out of a crowd of two people. Right. Okay. Sorry, three's a crowd, isn't it? <laughs> I can pick him out of a company of two people. Mm. I don't, don't know what he looks like, but I just got it in my head. Oh, I don't like him. You think he might be pretentious? Maybe. I don't know what I think. Like, mm, right. So then I looked at the list of films he's made, and the only one I've seen is Magnolia, which I liked a lot. Oh, right. Yeah, me too. And actually, I always had a dislike to him, but I think I saw one of his films that I didn't like and thought was pretentious. Uh, so. I never really wanted to watch There Will Be Blood, which. I think reflects poorly on me, not on the film. He did a rom-com that I didn't like. Oh, Sucker okay. Sucker Punch or something. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's got Adam Sandler in it. Mm, yes, yes. But I don't, I'd always... See, that's another one. I don't think I've ever seen a film with Adam Sandler in it, but I think I'm, I can be a bit snooty about <laughs> films with Adam Sandler <laughs> in them. Me too, It's not going to be very good. Yeah, what, where does that come from? <laughs> it's also got El- Emily Mortimer in it, I think. Right, love, yeah. No, not Emily Mortimer, the other one. I get them confused. Anyway, the other one. <laughs> you know, the other one. Um, the one d- that's like Emily Mortimer, but not. Kate um, Beckinsale. No, the other one. Um, oh, no. I'm going to have to Google this. But how, what, what, I know, I know, I, can, I know, I can get that. I, I, I know, I can get you that. know the one. She's brilliant. Oh, God. not the one from Devil Wears Prada. No, 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 no. Oh, this is painful. I wish I hadn't mentioned it now. Because it's, it's it's quite hard for me to Google this. So what what exactly are you googling? I'm quite. Oh, I'm embarrassed. What have I'm you typed into Google? Okay, here? the only way I can think to do it is by putting his name in Paul Thomas Anderson, and now I'm going to his films, and then I'm going to look at the find the film I mean. And it is, as we all know, Emily Watson. Of course, Emily Watson. Yeah. I don't think that was embarrassing, by the way. I think what would have been embarrassing if you typed into Google actor like Emily Mortimer. <laughs> Can I tell you that was my first thought? <laughs> and then I quickly pushed that to one side, yeah. Anyway, I thought this film was brilliant. It was it felt like so much its own. I didn't know anything about it going in, didn't know what genre it was, who was in it, when it was set, where it was set, anything. And I just loved it. Oh, okay. It was a rare occasion where a film felt like it was going on for a long time, but I didn't want it to stop. Oh, right. Okay. Um, Maybe I'll go. Anyway, so the reason I mention it is we we went to the cinema to, to see it, and um, I've never encountered this before in my life. Hmm. To to get from the box office to the screen, hmm. you had to go outside and go a few doors down. What? Right? Really? And then once you're in the screen, there was no way of going to the toilet without then going back to the box office. You mean going outside again? Yeah. But not only that, to get back into the screen, you had to be escorted by a member of staff. This is very unusual. It's so weird. And you've like, already what? said it's a long film, so did you need to visit the toilet? I went once, and what? then because of the well because because of the experience, I held it. By the end, oh. I felt my bladder was going to explode. Wow! Who would design a cinema like that? It's the worst design cinema I've ever heard of. Because I don't want to be escorted back from the toilet. I don't want to be escorted anywhere. No, I, no, anywhere. I yeah. don't want to have to look at somebody and them know what disgusting thing I've just been and done. <laughs> You vile man releasing your bladder. Disgusting. And and then I'd say it was a 30-second walk. So firstly, I have to, like I'm a baby, oh. I have to ask somebody to take me back from the toilet. Horrendous, yeah. 
And then secondly, I have to make little chit chat with them. Oh, oh. I don't even like being taken out of the film anyway. No. I, I prefer a, a cinema where you can hear the film being piped through into the toilet mm. so you can follow what's going on. But I don't, I don't want to get into a bit of real life where I'm making small talk with somebody. No, when I go to cinema, I want to be immersed in the experience. I don't want to be broken by having to make small talk with a stranger. No. It's hellish. It was such a, it was such a strange uh, setup. Um, and... I've come to the conclusion that either I will never go to that cinema again mm. or I will wear some kind of incontinence pants. <laughs> there you go. When there do you think go. it would be okay for me to start wearing them? I have to be honest now, by the sounds of it. <laughs> you couldn't go one film. I'd say now. I can't. I know. Now, usually what I do when I go to the cinema is I look up the, the seating plan online and then choose seats that are close to the aisle so they can get to the toilet quickly without mm. having to go past people's legs or people noticing me particularly and even then it's very nerve-wracking because you never know which side the uh, the um the the aisle is on right so sometimes the chairs are right up against the wall yes yep yeah and that's yep. the worst i accidentally put oh. what i think is an aisle seat oh. so then i'm looking for the disabled seat and trying to figure out where they've positioned that and then trying to second guess where the door is <laughs> it's exhausting like what i think i should do is take a day off sometime and then go around just sketching all the <laughs> cinema screens in my neighbourhood and central London. And then you could sell your sketches to, to like-mindedly weak bladdered people. I could have a website, an app or something, yeah, couldn't cool. I? Yeah, just call it Weak Bladder. <laughs> anyway, uh, when the film was finished, Sarah refused to take her cup back to the bar as a protest at the situation. Right, well, don't blame her. It sounds like it's miles away. But I took mine back because I wanted uh, them oh, to like me. Of course, right. <laughs> Annabelle. Yes. Time to delve into your postbag. It is. Yes. First one's from Stephanie. I used to teach in a grammar school not far outside Belfast. It was a large school with approximately 1,300 pupils. Every year we had to endure Prize Day, boring headmaster's speech, an unending line of academic and sporting prize winners, polite clapping for each one, and the embarrassment of having to wear robes and march up the hall through all the pupils and parents to some triumphant music. As if that wasn't bad enough for a drifter, the entire teaching staff had to sit at the front where it felt as if all eyes were on us for several hours. The only slightly interesting bit in the whole debacle was the guest speaker's talk. The guest was usually an interesting person chosen to give an encouraging talk to the pupils and this was the part where we actually listened. Often the speaker was funny, which was always welcome too. One year, the guest started with a musical quiz for the pupils. He said, if I give you the first words in a group's name, see if you can finish the name, e.g. take, and you shout out that. We're thinking 90s here. So he began the game. Pet, he said. I immediately bellowed out, shop boys! <laughs> Without a moment's pause. Very undriftery. I truly don't know what came over me. This quiz was for the children and mine was the only voice. Oh, my days. 400 <laughs> pairs of parents and pupils' eyes were on me and the 100 or so teachers who couldn't believe that this most quiet staff member had yelled this out. The guest speaker was dumbfounded and laughed nervously. He muttered something about enthusiastic teachers. I wish the ground would open and that I'd never reappear. I was bright red and had to sit there for the rest of the evening with my silly voice ringing in my head. I cannot remember anything that was said to me after. To be honest, I think I blanked it out on purpose and I'm still cringing all these years later. Oh, I love that, Stephanie. <laughs> That's great. 
And this is from Chris. Recently, Jeff was talking about how he privately revels in depravity with certain... Oh, li- so sorry oh, about that. Oh, oh that's very dear. unprofessional of me, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. There's a thing called the mute. I'm not yeah, yeah I've, I've done it. Okay. <laughs> I'll start that one. Yes. Chris says, recently Jeff was talking about how he privately revels in depravity with certain like-minded friends. And I thought that he in particular might enjoy this story. A few years ago, I worked with someone, let's call him Monty, and we shared a similar sense of humour. Monty also ran a weekly football score prediction thing in the office. A pound a week to enter, get all six scores correct, win the pot. I'd never been the sort of person to carry cash, certainly not coins. So to pay my weekly pound, I would send the money through my phone banking app. This allowed you to enter a name for example, Chris, and a description, for example, footy money. The first time we tried this, Monty received a text message saying, Chris has sent you one pound footy money. This gave me a good idea. For each subsequent week for a couple of years, I would add the most depraved filth I could think of for the next two text fields. (laughs) At some point during the working day, I would send the money and wait for Monty's phone to ping and a beat later for him to giggle. All very childish, but it momentarily broke the monotony of working in the IT department of a mid-sized company. All was well. All was private. Until Monty went to rearrange the mortgage on his house. Sat in the bank and the advisor printed off the last few years of his bank statements. There, oh no, oh no, oh no. <laughs> there, of course, was a weekly line of utter <laughs> filth, complete depravity, repeated for pages and pages. <laughs> not a thing was said about it. A weekly pound does not, after all, merit much consideration when weighing up the affordability of a house, but it remains an anonymous elephant, trumpeting away rudely <laughs> in the corner of the room for the rest of the appointment. Oh, God, imagine if that had been like the olden days when bank managers were there to assess your moral fibre as well. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, that advisor went home, told all their family, had a very good laugh about that, I wouldn't worry. Annabelle, yes. shall we have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult? It's me at soft play. Now, when I imagined my life as the parent of a small child, I knew of this thing called soft play that I would be expected to go to. I'd heard others talk of it and I imagined myself drinking coffee while chatting to other parents while my child has a good time. What I didn't anticipate was how much I would love soft play, by which I mean going on it all myself. I love it. Really? The slides, the ball pits, throwing myself over big mounds of foam, climbing tunnels. Love it all. I can tell that you you, you don't partake, am I right? No, I, I really, I mean, we've not been to it for years. Okay, okay. But I really hated it any time that I had to go into it myself. <sighs> Love it. Well, I never went into soft play as a kid because I don't think it existed in no. the 70s and 80s. Like, I definitely didn't go in a ball pit until I was an adult. Like a pit full of ball to writhe around in would have been as likely and as fantastical as going to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Like it just, it just didn't exist. No, I remember um, Carpet World or somewhere like that opening when I was a teenager and, and having one and like teenagers going into it. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And then getting shouted at. Oh, 
like you can't blame them. They no. wouldn't. They wouldn't have had it as a kid. No, I never saw anything like that. No, it just didn't. It, it did it, not it exist. It feels like an invention of the modern. It feels is. Like it belongs to the modern world. It, it absolutely is. So I'm not going to sit there and watch my son have all the fun if I don't have to. But I absolutely enjoy it as much as he does. As wow. long as long as I get to fulfil the basic and urgent need every 20 minutes to check my phone. As long as I get to do that, (laughs) I'm fine. And it doesn't bother me that I'm always the only adult there getting involved because it's not just the slide and the tunnels and the ball pit I love. What I love, perhaps even more, is being what I consider to be the giant in the land of small people. (laughs) Because in real life, I'm weak physically and mentally. I'm ineffectual. I panic at the slightest bit of trouble and completely useless in an emergency. But in soft play, as the only adult around small children, suddenly I'm what only can be described as a hero. And the soft play we go to is a big one. There's a very large soft area with loads of different levels. And then there's the cafe bit outside where all the parents sit. And here's me last week. This is very typical. Within minutes of arriving in the play bit, I'm pulling up around an eight-year-old boy in a West Ham shirt. I'm pulling him up a slope where he's got stuck. I'm helping a tiny child, about two, down some steps. Another kid gets stuck on this rope net mountain thing. I climb up, pick them up and carry them down in my arms like I'm a fireman rescuing them from a fire. And then, this is the big one, a child appears out of nowhere, boy about five. He's got blood all over his face. This is my moment of true glory. I say to him, do you know where your mummy or daddy is? Nothing, he's crying. So it's like I'm bravely carrying him out of a burning building and into the bit where the parents are. And it's really busy, so I just hold him in the air in the hope that somebody will recognise him. And they do, and I run over to them, and they run towards me. Then they just take him and don't say anything, which is fine, you know, they're probably in shock. They also don't come looking for me later. That's that's a problem. Which wouldn't have been too hard to find because I'm the only grown-up in the soft play area. <laughs> but that's fine. They're probably still too in shock. And I am just checking the local paper a lot now to see if they've taken out a full-page ad of, please help us find the angel of the soft play centre. Because that's how I feel. Like an angel. Sometimes I feel like an angel. Sometimes I feel like Jack Reacher. Sometimes like Oscar Schindler. Is that too much? <laughs> I have secretly hoped that one day the owners will recognise my efforts and give, and give me a high vis and a badge. But I suppose I'm just like a vigilante, aren't I? And I just love it. And only very occasionally, very occasionally, do I allow myself to fantasise that I am actually a giant and all the children little adults and this is my kingdom. And I think as long as I don't do that too much, it's fine. Wow. I love it. Well, I, I love hearing that side of you. <laughs> It's almost like a, a superhero. Yeah, fantasy. secret, secret superhero. Yeah. Wow. I recommend it. You feel you feel so invincible and strong and amazing. You just feel incredible. What age do you think soft play will become less a part of your life? I'm dreading it. I'm. I, there are kids there up to the age of about eight or nine. Oh, so you're fine for a while. I've yeah, got a few yeah, years yeah, left. Yeah. 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 Oh, Otherwise, God. I might just go there anyway. Just like. <laughs> Well, that's, that I'll be child. honest, that's what I've started to worry oh, about. Oh, okay, all right. Well, I'll try not to do that. I'll Just try. I think pe- people would less think, oh, there's that uh, helpful mum, mm. and more think, oh, the- <laughs> she is a child-free woman who's maybe having some kind of breakdown and yeah. might abduct my child. I'll, I'll, I'll bear that in mind. Thank you. You do that. Thank you. you do that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. that story just then of you you rescuing the bloody-faced boy just shook loose a memory of a story Pete used to tell and it was I think to this day one of the most extraordinary things I've ever heard so when Pete's brother was a kid Mm. he got mauled by a lion at the the zoo Uh, yeah I think at Bellevue Zoo in Manchester which isn't there anymore and the story goes that he he was there and um, I don't know if he was like putting his arm in and trying to get the lion to come take something about his hand or whatever, but the lion went for him no. and, uh, and and had him, or, or if he climbed over, I'm not quite sure, right. but you know, it ends up in the situation where this kid is in, in a lion's mouth in part. And no. The lion has him. And a guy rescues him a guy jumps in scares the lion grabs the kid gets out and then once he's safe this guy disappears no and it was it was a news story at the time i think it was maybe even in like the local newspapers that um this kid had been rescued from a lion attack by a mystery man but they never knew who did it until one day a note was pushed through their door and it was from a woman saying, I need to tell you, it was my son who rescued your son, but he can't come forward because he's a married man <gasps> and he was having an affair and he'd no! gone to the zoo with his mistress. No way! Yeah. That's amazing! Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Wow. I mean, I still don't think that uh, gives the people who didn't thank you an excuse. No, well... That's that's two weeks we've had that. You had the not thanking last week. Oh yeah, and I yeah, had it yeah. this week. Yeah, you know? yeah. but you know we're both fine with it. Obviously, I think mine mine was less understandable than yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else is to tell you about? Oh, here's a little thing. I've mentioned that I, I, with some frequency, like every month or so, I have to take Jean for an appointment at Moorfields Eye Hospital. Mm-hmm. Have I told you what the children's wing of the hospital is called? Oh no, go on. The Richard Desmond Eye Centre. Okay. Oh, you know who Richard Desmond is? Is he the zoologist? No. No, you're thinking I'm of the... Desmond Morris. Oh, yeah. I am, yeah, yeah. Who's... Oh, well, no, he's not the... Not, not the porn baron. Yes. No! Yes. And and that's that's why I bring it up, because obviously Richard Desmond got to a certain age, and any time he was written about... I think he, he also maybe, like, published one of those magazines, like OK or Hello magazine, <laughs> and was probably, I don't know, some kind of businessman who was also a property mogul. Didn't he own Channel 5 for a bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Did loads of different things. But any time anybody ever wrote about him, it was always Porn Baron Richard Desmond <laughs> or Pornographer Richard Desmond. And there was me. Oh, yeah, you mean the yeah, Porn Baron? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what I love about this is that obviously at some point he thought, well, what can I do <laughs> so that when people write my name or when my name, maybe after I I have departed this earth, when my name is mentioned, it isn't automatically um, preceded by Porn Baron or Pornographer. What if <laughs> I donated millions of pounds oh. To uh, to to a hospital to help children with their <laughs> eyes. Maybe then people will refer to me as philanthropist. Oh. Richard Desmond. 
clearly didn't work. No. No, clearly. I'd I mean, proved it. How many hospitals does he need to yeah, build? Pr- probably all of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get closed. And still, I don't know. No. It'd just be like the Porn Baron Hospital bloke, no, wouldn't it? No. <laughs> um, what else is it to tell you about? Oh, um, I've got a TV recommendation. Oh, great. I need one. It's a sitcom. Okay. And it's produced by Tina Fey. Okay. Uh, but... Um, I think maybe her company makes it and her husband does all the music and the music is part of what makes it so good. It's called Girls Five Ever. Okay, I've heard of that, yeah. And it's about a 90s girl group reforming in middle age. Great, and, and you recommend that. Okay, great. Yeah, it's. I would say it's not... Um, it's not grade A, but it's, it's, it's definite B plus. Okay, which is really what do. you want out of a sitcom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and when it's funny, it's really, really funny. Um Oh, and then the other thing I was going to tell you about. So, you know, my mother-in-law came to visit. Mm-hmm. And she left on Saturday, which was the day after we had this big storm here, this storm Eunice. And um, so she missed that by a day, but the airport was still in complete disarray. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she arrives there on Saturday and most of the check-in staff for the, the airline she's flying with haven't turned up. Oh, gosh. Because of the the weather, yeah. So the the queues sound like nothing I've ever seen in a British airport. I got caught up in something similar to this once in India, and it was one of the most stressful experiences in my life. And long story short, because there's such chaos, she can't get even though she's at the airport three hours early. Oh, wow. She can't check in for her flight because the queues are so out of control. So oh, she misses no. her flight, and then she has to be rebooked onto another one. And um. There's all this palaver about what the responsibility of the airline is to find accommodation and she's got to get a new COVID. There's all this stuff going on. Oh, God, yeah. She's just so stressed out by it. And also because she's come from America, her phone, it's not easy to get internet on it here without racking up huge, um, uh, huge um, uh, costs. Mm. And there's nobody there's no customer care at the airport to help and she can't if she wants to call the care center their their, their customer helpline it's just telling people they can't take calls at this time because they're too overwhelmed so there's nothing she can do so i then try to sort it out from my end or, or do what i can to help mm. from my end using the online chat and my phone and and all this and i found myself doing something which requires i think a bit of self examination all right go on I kept using the phrase, my elderly mother, oh, mother-in-law. No, no, totally understandable. Right? Because I think if I just put my mother-in-law yeah, yeah. or my friend or, or whatever it is, they'd ignore it. Mm-mm. But as soon as you invoke the idea of a confused yes. old lady Frail. at an airport. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which... I mean, this this woman could not be further from that. Opposite Look out! I mean, she's whatever's going on at that airport. I'm yeah. sure she is steamrolling through there. Yeah, yeah. But um, by using the phrase eld- "distraught elderly mother-in-law," brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I really managed to um, get some attention, but probably, probably not a great thing to do, right? Well, you know, am I not reinforcing stereotypes? <laughs> no, do what you got to do. <laughs> Wandry Corner, then, at the uh, the Clap Clinic here in Problematic. Who's the first one from, Annabelle? Imperial Empress Rebecca. I do a weekly swimming exercise class. It's my absolute favourite thing to do. As you're swimming, there is very little interaction with people. I've been going for a while, and so I'm comfortable with the small talk I have with the instructor. 
Attendance has been a bit up and down. Some weeks I've been the only person. Last week there were seven of us. When the instructor asked if everyone had water, only two of us had brought some. The other person who had brought water said, oh, anyone who needs some can have some of mine. It was a very small bottle. Now, even in non-COVID times, I would not share a bottle with strangers. But in COVID times, this seems even more crazy. I stood at the back, quietly drinking my water while the small bottle got passed around, feeling uncomfortable that I looked selfish with my big water bottle. (laughs) What could I have done differently? Or do I just have to accept that I might be seen as rude for not sharing my water? Do I need to take extra water for others? But then if everyone has a drink, then I look odd for having two drinks. (laughs) God, there's no way I would share. To the extent that over Christmas, I was with my brother-in-law, Tom's brother, and I had a bottle of water on a walk and he was a bit hungover and he said, can I have some of your water? I said, no. And then I said, this is bad. If if you like, I can pour some in your hands and you can use your hands like a cup and drink from it. And that's exactly what we did. I I just didn't want to share it. I think the only time to ever drink from cupped hands is is if you've been in the desert and you've just arrived at an oasis. I made him do it on a... In a field in Somerset. Wow. I know. But anyway, what are your thoughts on sharing bottles with strangers? I suspect that you're not as uptight as me, but maybe... I'm not. But th- I'll tell you what, some of this soft play stuff is really confusing me <laughs> right. about some of your okay. germ oh, yeah, issues. Yeah. Um, I don't go at, at peak, at peak COVID types. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would I do? Would you share a bottle of the water with a stranger? No, I wouldn't. But I think I'd, I wouldn't be flashing my bottle about. Oh, uh, you would go to the toilet to drink your bottle of water. Yeah, or I'd, I'd wait, wait. Pretend you weren't yeah, thirsty, yeah, yeah, and then go and yeah, drink it secretly. Yes, yes. yes. Hmm. So, what would you do? Could you be as abrupt with strangers as you were with Tom's brother? I think I would. I, there's no way I could share it. I would have to say. I would have to make it about my failings and say, sorry, I've got this insane... Like, oh, that's the thing. That's the thing to do. That is the thing I'm, to do. I'm ridiculous. And I hate myself, but I've got some weird stuff going on with sharing stuff. Sorry, it's... I'm, oh, I hate myself. Yeah, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Make, like, you, make you the problem. That's the yeah. only thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I think I would be so disarmed if a stranger asked me to drink from my bottle. Mm. I, f- I find it so, it's difficult to say no at the best of times to people Mm-mm. because uh, in some ways uh, I'm just so desperate to be liked. I'm such a pleaser. Yeah, yeah. That I would, I'd, I'd just say, yeah, okay. And then, I don't know. Oh, I know what I've done. I've definitely done this the before. Bottle away. This is exactly what I've done. I've said, yeah, shared it. And then I haven't touched it again myself. Yeah. And then I take it home, disinfect it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've done that before. I think you've got three options there. Secret, yes. secret drinking. Yes. Say no, make it about you, or share it around and then just don't touch it yourself and get yeah. thirsty. Yeah. Okay. okay, I think that's happily sold. Right, let's move on to Liz then. She says, let me set the scene. In our local mid-sized town, where me and my family do most of our work, shopping, doctors, haircuts, school, college and so on, there is a smallish shopping precinct, let's call it. Not really a big shopping centre, that is located further into the town, but a smaller area that has a hairdresser's, doctor's, surgery, chemist, small cafe and, crucially, a larger chain supermarket. Outside this small shopping area, there are parking spaces clearly marked for name of chain supermarket, plus clear signs saying you must not park in the spots allocated for that business if you're not going into that particular shop. 
Now the quandary is this. I drive to the shopping area quite regularly, usually to take my kids to the hairdresser, doctor or to go to the chemist. But there are no parking spots allocated for these businesses. There are only visitor spots that are 100% always full. The only place I can ever find to park is name of chain supermarket. And because of this, I always feel the need to firstly go and buy something quickly from this supermarket. And then I go off with my kids to their hair appointment. I simply cannot park in the supermarket spots if I don't actually buy something from this shop. What if they're watching and they say, "Uh, yeah, uh, we saw you park here. We need to buy anything from our shop. I honestly think they don't care. And, and I see many people parking in the supermarket spots and they're nonchalantly going into the hairdressers, but I simply cannot do it. I have to run into the supermarket and buy a quick pack of toilet paper or a carton of milk just so I feel OK about using their parking spaces. My kids and husband laugh at me, but they are not drifters. What would you do? Clearly, if a small independent business has a parking spot allocated to them, I would never park there. It's a large chain supermarket with many parking spaces. They obviously did a deal for it. And I suspect the visitor spaces are taken up by staff and the surrounding smaller businesses. Is it okay if you don't buy anything? So I think the size of the business is is the thing here. And it's not just that it's not a small b- so i i think i would probably be okay doing it to most supermarket most supermarkets mm. because i feel like i was sticking it to the man somehow yeah yeah okay yeah <laughs> but then there's you know there are some shops where i would i don't think i'd feel like i was sticking it to the man with a john lewis's or a, a waitrose oh because they're a cooperative yeah 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 but if it was a tesco's or um which one's owned by Walmart? Is that Asda's? Safeway, Saints. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Asda, yeah, yeah. I'd feel like I was sticking it to the man. Yeah. Whole Foods. Right. I'd feel like I was sticking it to the man because they're owned by Amazon. Oh, are they? Yeah. Okay. What about the co-op? Co-op, absolutely not. No, because no. you're not sticking it to the man by sticking it to the co-op. Little? So, little and Aldi. I think Little and Aldi, I don't think you're sticking it to the man. Okay. So... I think to me it really depends, it depends on which on supermarket. Because she doesn't name it, does she? No, so we can't I, I, answer. I don't yeah. know. I, I, but you know, my logic is really flawed because if it was Marks and Sparks, I don't think I'd like to do it to Marks and Sparks because I feel warmly towards them. I don't yeah. think I'm sticking it to either Mark or Spark. God, they're doing Spencer. well with their branding, then, aren't they? Guys? Yeah. <laughs> Sainsbury's the one I don't know how I'd feel. You feel on the on the yeah. of Sainsbury's. Like it's because you got the J in front of Sainsbury. Personalizes yes, it. Yes. It, when it is literally the man, you don't like it. When it's the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about you? I have to say I'm a pop in and buy one tiny thing. I just, yeah. because I th- not because I care, because I think I'm going to get told off. Fine. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Confronted. Yes. It's, it's the, um, it's the fear of conflict, isn't it? Fear yes. of confrontation. Yeah. And I think, I see it as paying for parking. By going in and buying that carton of milk, I'm paying 90p for parking. See it as a as a parking charge. It's paid parking. But the, why should it be free? Well, I think the problem though is then the it's it's the amount of time it takes up. Oh, I think maximum you're allowed is 2 hours, max. No, 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 that's not what I mean. Oh, sorry, sorry. I mean so a parking meter yeah. takes 30 seconds okay. to go into a supermarket, depending on how bad the queues are. Uh, it takes a min- like a minimum five minutes or something. We have to factor that into your day. Yeah. Leave five minutes earlier. Yeah. That's my feelings, but they come from fear of conflict rather than No, but I think, that's, I think that's a valid fear. That's, that's the big thing for a drifter, mm, isn't mm, it? Mm. You want to follow the rules. Yeah. 
Uh, what what if we apply the Sarah principle of what would happen if nobody followed the rule? Exactly. Then then if you did want to go to the supermarket, you'd have nowhere to park. And then you've got all this heavy shopping. And that's when you desperately need to be very close to the door if you're driving. Mm. So I think bearing that in mind. But, but actually, is that the... I don't know if that's the right outcome, though. Okay. So I think if nobody followed the rule... Um, most people would still be going to the supermarket anyway because it's the dominant mm. shop which has the most footfall. Mm, okay. Yeah, I'm a rule follower, but I do like this principle of would would it matter if nobody followed the rule? And I'm not sure in this situation it would because I think most people would still use it for the supermarket and then the people going to smaller businesses would just be able to use the spaces guilt-free i do think it depends on a lot as you've said i think it depends a bit on your feelings towards the supermarket it also depends massively on how big is the parking if it's like multi-story yeah who cares if it's like 20 spaces oh no i don't think so do you agree i think a good question is hmm. are there always empty supermarket spaces yes is it ever at capacity yes yes, yes. there you go there we go that's the question you need to ask yourself if it's always really full, then I'm sorry, you do need to go in and pay for something. If it's Unless you want to stick it to the man. Yeah, unless you want to stick it to the man. If there are often empty spaces, so it's not inconveniencing anyone, I think you can get away with it as long as you're not too scared of conflict. Good. There we Brilliant. go. Brilliant. Okay. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner or uh, if you want to contribute your stories of driftery angst, then please do so. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Um, Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And um, Pet! Shop Boys! Podication time. This comes from Matthew Williams, who says, Hello! Hello! Hello, Annabelle and Jeff. I was hoping that you would allow a podication for my wife Lorna, not Iona, <laughs> as you said last time. I'm just a lazy capitaliser. I remember that. There was a lot of questioning whether he meant to say Lorna or Iona. Because Yeah, I couldn't tell. I seem to remember thinking, I think he probably means Lorna, but you'd be quite insistent that Iona was a nice name. It is a nice name. It is a nice name. I don't know if Lorna's thought about changing it. Maybe. Maybe this is, this is the moment she will. Maybe she was Iona. But then she thought, actually, I'm going to go for Lorna. Mm. I'm sick of people going on what a nice name I've got here <laughs> with Iona. Um Saturday, the 26th of February, will be my wife's 40th birthday. And I'd like to let her, yourselves, and the rest of the Drifterverse know how much I love her and how special she is. I'm taking her for a day out in Bath. Lovely. Very nice. It is capitalised, so we know he means the city. Not just going to a little yeah. little bath. So, you know, when he, when he wants to. When he, when he wants to, he can, yeah. yeah. 
and hopefully we'll be able to have the horse and cart ride we've never got round to uh, to having each time we go. Regards, Matthew Williams. It's nice watching uh, a horse uh, do its business while you're in the back of a cart, isn't it? Oh, it's a little inevitability. Yes. You're going along all of a sudden. Releasing himself yeah. or herself. Um, that would be lovely. Bath. I feel like I should have spent more time in Bath. It's very beautiful, but mm. uh, it's not somewhere I've been much. Maybe I'll take Sarah there for her birthday. Good idea. Um, and I hope you get the horse and cart ride. Mm. hope the horses are well behaved. Don't bolt, for example. There's something about the height of the... Do you call them the driver? Yes, so. Which means there's very little risk of making small talk like there is with, um, say, a gondolier yeah, or a taxi to, driver. They'd have to really strain their neck, yeah. wouldn't they? Yeah. yeah, I think you've chosen the right thing there with the horse and cart mm. ride. Well, Lorna, I hope you have a marvellous birthday. Yes, happy birthday. 40. And, um, and well done, Matthew, getting all your capital letters in the right place. Yes, well done. Yeah, without did, exception. did you do them all right this time? Just I'm just skimming, yeah. <laughs> just did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well done, Matthew. Oh, just spotted a missing comma. Oh, mm. <laughs> I'll send it back to him with a red pen around it. <laughs> um, happy birthday, Lorna. And that's the latest edition of the podcast. If you would like a podcast podcasting to you, then email us, why don't you? It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.